Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. Today, you are going to hear a, a audio recording of a live webinar that was done on Saturday, November uh, 5th, and uh, the subject is Surviving the Holidays, and um, so... I attended as the host, and I invited two fellow recovery facilitators to join me. One, uh, Kathy, who is a licensed um, therapist who does work with trauma in the body, somatic trauma and PTSD through art therapy and yoga. And Myla, who was married nearly 30 years to a covert narcissist, um, and has leveraged her experience to write on platforms like Quora and Medium about her experience and what she has gleaned from it. So the three of us are going to um, kind of go over some tips, things that we have that we think might help you. I think the overarching idea here is to approach the holidays with a plan, to be prepared to not just stumble into it and allow it to sweep you away, but to have a plan for every situation, structure your time, know how you're going to spend it, who you're going to spend it with, um, sort of anticipate triggers, um, that kind of thing. It does require a little bit of um, preparation, I think, to navigate uh, the time through pretty much November, December on through New Year's Day. Uh, if we can just make it through the next two months uh, with as little difficulty as possible, we're going to be well on our way to some positive things and improvements. So um, here we go with um, the recording from today's webinar. Uh, we will be doing another one in February to prepare you for what happens in February, guys. You know this one. Valentine's Day. Talk about a triggery event that will be. Anyway, um, so anyway, here's the here is the uh, um, recording of today's uh, webinar. Hope you can get something from it. Uh, and if you need more help, there will be contact information in the description to reach out to get tips on how to connect with people who can help you. Thank you. Here we go. Okay, so we're talking about how to get through the holidays. So I, I think I'll just go ahead and name this right off the bat that going through from now until after the first of the year can be really hard, really hard, especially if this is your first year uh, without your disordered person and uh, you know, you're in early stages of recovery. And even for those of us who've been, um, you know, dealing with this for years, you know, I've had support groups where the people coming to them, it's been seven years, eight years, nine years. And, and it's not always their partner. Sometimes it's a parent or a sibling or a child, but the, the, um, the way that you navigate through those times of the year that, you know, let's face it, the holidays are a tough time for everybody, not just because you're yeah, trying to spend money that you don't have and keep everybody happy, but <clears throat> it's just a stressful time in general um, 
for everybody. So when you're going through something, it's pretty rugged. It can be, unless you have some kind of uh, mechanism in place to deal with it. Um, <laughs> so were you going to say something, Kathy? I was just going to say community, some kind of support. Yes, I, I think building a tribe and having a community of people that speak the same language as you, because yes. not everyone yes. does. You know, some people have no uh, understanding of uh, what this is, you know, narcissistic abuse, recovery, what is that? Or they don't even, um, under, you know, they understand basic trauma, basic abuse, basic breaking up and seven stages of grief. And that's probably the depth of what the average person knows. So when it comes to something like this, right. which is such a complex, multi-layered recovery, getting healed mm -hmm. and free and whole from this, <clears throat> it just takes, um, I think you have to understand what's happening to you first. That's the biggest hurdle. But during the holidays, you know, you can continue whatever routine that you have where you're, um, you know, you're, you're doing certain things every day to understand what's happening and to feel better. But in addition to that, you've got to have some holiday tips and tricks and things that you have in your toolbox. So um, yeah. I'll go ahead first and share mine and then we can, once we get through our little holiday tips, hopefully you can take uh, from that what can help you. Maybe take notes uh, or something so that um, you know you're you can take away the pieces that can help you that you can use. Uh, so my first thing, I have this little. Um, Oh, can everyone see this, what I have in here? Mm -hmm. It might look like Easter eggs, but it is not. <laughs> These are rocks. And uh, this kind of uh, goes we into throw the... throw them in the Is that what we do? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't throw them through the window. You, no, no, no. Uh, target. Uh, that does give us a happy thought. But I get it already. <laughs> okay. Um, so here, here's one of mine. Uh, and, and what I do is there's, uh, and there's comfort in touching things that ground you when you tend okay. to kind of float off into that headspace where you're, uh, going to the dark place, right? Mm -hmm. If you can touch things, the very sense of sort of a tactile kinetic thing is helpful. So it's kind of like if you have the same concept goes for like a worry stone. Have y'all ever heard of those? Yeah, like the, the things that you rub, rub it with your thumb. It's smooth. And so anyway, I, I collect rocks and uh, and then one thing you can do is paint them and think of something witty to say. This one just says, I woke up today. Aww. And it's like, a you know, it's just saying sometimes that's the best we're going to do at the moment yeah. to say, I woke up today. That's a victory. That, that's, that, that's a triumph and I put that little saying on here and then I painted some little mountains um, to show that we have to go through the peaks and the valleys hmm. that kind of thing and um, this is one of my favorites um, it says the barns burned down now I can see the moon oh, <laughs> that's that is awesome. awesome. 
Can you uh, see that? The barns burned down. So now I can see the moon. So I'm sure you know what that's a metaphor to represent. <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> um, sometimes I mostly just do um, designs. Uh, and this one, I just put a whole human hmm. and kind of put my design going on the back. It says whole human. And if, uh, if this is something like the whole painting thing, you can just put different words like kindness and forgiveness. And uh, here's one that, what does that say? I can't even read my own handwriting. Uh, stay positive. In addition to those, I also have these. If you have any, can you tell what these are? These rocks are wearing little sweaters. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm doing one of those today. So if you have any kind of like little knitting or crocheting or any kind of something that you could create like this, just the mm -hmm. act. Here, here's another little <laughs> with, its little, <laughs> with its little rock sweater. Um, you know, just the act of... Do you glue it on, Jen? Do you, you glue the crochet definitely. on? You could glue fabric on the rock. And you know what oh, I did okay. is I, I think went, she's just creating it so it's a little thing around it. Is what you're yeah. Are you crocheting those You around? can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> whatever you want to do. And let me tell you, <laughs> you're this, rock. I gave these to people in my yeah. different groups that I went to. Like I had numerous support groups, uh, narcissistic abuse, recovery, support group. I had one at the my church called Divorce Care. I had that group with like 17 or 18 people in it. I had a, a group, uh, what was my other group, Pranic Healing, where they did the energy work on you and did the cord cutting and all that. And there was like 20 people in that group. So I was a very busy girl through November in the early part of December making rocks for all those people. And I just yeah. gave them to them and uh, told them to carry it in there uh, with them, put it in their car or something or at work on their desk. And when they start feeling, um, feeling that feeling that comes to us, start picking up the rock and handle it. Mm. And look at it and just, you know, hold it in your hand. Just hold that. The, the the rock in your hand. It's the same concept of going out and grounding yourself in nature. Uh, I would also suggest taking off your shoes and going out and standing on the grass, going out yeah. and touching a tree and just put your hands on it and, and just talk to yourself and say happy thoughts like, I'm okay. Everything is okay. I am alive. The sky is blue. This tree is enormous. I, I am happy to be here and just, you know, say those kinds of little mantras and affirmations to yourself while you're grounding yourself in nature. You can also, if you have access to water, like go stand with your feet in the ocean. I know it's freezing right now, but, uh, or a lake, or if you don't have access to that, get in your bathtub, being in water and doing those things. You know, ideally you've got some candles lit, you've got some rocks in your hand, You've got your in in the water, in the dirt, in the grass, with the trees. Like I know, Kathy, you love the forest, and and so you're in that forest, absorbing that energy, and you're holding these things in your hand, and that can uh, 
reboot you. So that's one. Um, another one that I want to share is called pattern interrupt. Pattern, like a pattern of something and repetition. And interrupt means you're going to just stop it. So when you have, when you're going through this, you a lot of times get stuck in a loop of ruminating and thinking about something over and over and over again. And these intrusive thoughts just invade your brain and there's not a whole lot that you can do to stop it because it just takes over, it just hijacks you. And so when you, and it's kind of like obsessive, compulsive, there's a psychological term, compulsion repetition. That's what it's actually called in psychology, right? Kathy, compulsion repetition. And, um, you know, when that happens, you have to shut it down or you spend your whole day, hours of your life are gone, surrendered to this hijacking. So um, I do something for pattern interrupt where what I want to do is disrupt that, that the way things are looping and I want to create, I want to just take the wheel and turn it to steer myself another direction uh, with my brain, with what's happening with the pathways in my brain. So I do that by plotting a journey, a trip. And I will, I will say it out loud if I can. If I'm not in a place where I can do it out loud, I kind of silently do it in my head. I think it's better if you say it out loud. It helps me better if, if I say it out loud. But I, if I'm feeling that way, I'll just say, okay, I'm leaving my apartment and I'm in my car passing through the gates. There's lots of traffic today. I'm going to turn left on El Camino and I'm passing the school. I'm passing the first stoplight. Uh, there's Happy Donuts. I wish I could have one. Okay, so now I'm going to turn right and I'm heading towards Central Expressway. I'm going three blocks. Here's the railroad track. No train today. Most mornings the train stops me, but not today. Uh, I'm, I'm bumping over the, the tracks. I feel them under my car. Now I'm turning right. Darn it. This is such a skinny turn. Every time I turn here, I feel like I'm going to hit the car in the oncoming lane. Uh, it's really a tight turn. I made it. Okay, now I'm on Alma. Speed limit here is only 45, and they call it an expressway. What the heck is that? I mean, <laughs> come on. So I'm going to go 46 just to be a rule breaker. So I'm going 46 miles an hour, and oh, there's my exit, Matilda. So I'm going to exit Matilda and go around the little curvy part. Got to watch that bike lane. Those tricky guys pop up out of nowhere. And so mm -hmm. I just keep navigating what yeah. I'm seeing in my mind's eye on this trip where I have to think about where am I turning? Where am I going to exit? How many blocks am I going to go here? And I just map it out. Sometimes I'll go to a foreign city that I have visited and I will map myself from Notre Dame, to the Musée d'Orsay. I know I didn't say that right, but I'll map because I've walked it many times. It's all sort of there in the Latin, near the Latin Quarter in the, I think, fourth arrondissement. And so I'll say I'm facing Notre Dame. There's pigeons everywhere, tons of people. They're still rebuilding the parts that were burned. I'm going to turn right. I walk past a cafe and, and like that. 
And so by charting and mapping out a trip in my brain or just saying it out loud, it takes my thoughts away from that dark place that I, where I'm thinking about that narcissist and I can't stop thinking about that narcissist takes, it shuts that down and, and just gives me a moment to take a breath away. And once you've dislodged from that thought, it usually doesn't come back right away. You usually have that. It's like, whew, okay, glad I can think about something else now. Okay. I'm going to go make a batch of cookies. I'm going to go get a coffee at Starbucks. I'm going to, you know, do something to get up and out and move a little bit and not just sit. Um, so that's my second one. Do you have questions about that? Anybody? It's just a kind of mindfulness, right? That's really cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's, 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 something that requires you to think mm -hmm. you can't pause and wander back to the other thing because you've got to make right. a turn. If you miss your turn, Oh my gosh, you're going to have to go all right. the way around, make a new <laughs> turn true. up there. And it's just yeah. going to be awful. So you have to pay attention to this trip. You can pretend you're walking it, driving it on a bicycle, whatever you want to picture that works for you. And you just chart that journey. Um, my next tip, let me segue into that. I want to get to this is back to the things that you can like put in your hand. Um, I, I had a therapist a couple of years ago who smelled me. We were doing the whole thing on zoom. It was during the lockdown and he mm. mailed me a couple of two tennis balls and he had cut the tennis balls open and he had filled them with buckshot like the heavy little pellets that mm -hmm. you, I guess you probably can order that on Amazon. Can't you order pretty much anything on Amazon? And um, so he filled it with that and then he got a hot glue gun and sealed it back up. So you have this tennis ball that it sounds like you can shake it and there's something in there and it's really heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, and that works really well. If you don't want to go through all the trouble to do that, you can get a sock and fill that sock with beans or any kind of beans, pinto beans, uh, lentils. <laughs> Those probably aren't heavy enough. Um, coffee beans, marbles, whatever you want, you know, just be creative. You can just fill that sock with something, tie it off and make yourself like that. If you have bean bags already pre-made, that's perfect. And it's not like you're trying to learn to juggle or anything, which would be really cool, but I get frustrated with that. And that causes me, then I get my, my anxiety just amplifies because I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, why can't I catch this? You know? Um, so I just have two things in my hands, one in this hand, one in this hand, and they could be beans or tennis balls or whatever. Be creative. That's part of the fun trying to figure out what am I going to make for myself? And so when, once you get it, you throw it up and then throw the other one up and you practice trying to catch them in the other hand. So you throw them up and catch them. If you can't switch them, like throw them up and like catch them in a different place, then just practice throwing them straight up and then the other one straight up and then try to do it both at the same time. Your brain is going to be so busy trying to catch that weird bag of beans or whatever that whatever thought you had that was obsessive, compulsive, ruminating, intrusive thought will just evaporate because you're, you're doing the kinesthetic tactile 
touch thing at the same time, your brain has to focus on that. So <clears throat> I just want to say anything that you can do that will pull your brain away from those triggery thoughts and make you think about something else instead is a good thing to do. And I think we need to build like a bank of those things, little toolbox of them that we take with us in our car and everywhere. Because sometimes I've been in a grocery store and they're playing Christmas music and oh, there's that Christmas song that was our favorite. Oh my gosh, here we go. And I feel like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. And before you know it, I'm out in my car gasping for breath, crying, having a rough time. And I'm thinking, what could I have done to catch that before, you know, to be prepared for those moments? So I figured I, I'm a problem solver because I'm a teacher. So I thought I got to come prepared. I cannot have these meltdown moments. I didn't even get my groceries. Now what am I going to do, you know? And so I would carry uh, earbuds um, and I'd have my phone with me with the earbuds that would go in here. And I had like Spotify or, or a podcast. Oh, my gosh, I can't tell you how podcasts saved my life. Anything. I would be listening to, you know, how to build a birdhouse. It didn't matter. It, having someone talking to me with no music that was making me listen to what they were saying totally took my thoughts another direction. So I would carry the earbuds into the grocery. I just keep them carrying with me everywhere I went. And if there was some noise that was causing me anxiety, if what music was playing or what was happening was sometimes at work, they play music as a timer when they're doing teacher training stuff. They're like, okay, when this song's over, everybody needs to stop and we're going to pair share. Well, the music is killer. It's like something like, oh, yeah. my gosh, no, don't play that. Oh, my gosh, I got to get up and go. So you pull out those earbuds, stick them in, turn on a podcast for the length of that song. You got to have something handy to blot it out in the moment to grab control of yourself quickly before you go over the edge. And so, so that's just one of the things. But what I would ask you to do is sit down and think, maybe you don't have panic attacks, anxiety attacks, or just meltdown moments, but maybe you do find yourself going to a depressed or sad melancholy place because of certain external stimuli that trigger you. And so I would say in those cases, come prepared. Take a journal, write down when you feel the worst and what caused that to happen. And once you identify the offending thing, then make a plan so that that never offends you again. Was it music? Was it something, um, you know, that, uh, a place that you went, like a restaurant? Don't go to that restaurant anymore. Was it a, you know, you can go back and assert your freedom and claim your wholeness and, and claim that restaurant later. But if it's causing you, um, you know, unpleasant trees right now, then you got to like take that off the list and, and avoid it, I think. So until you're ready, which at some point you will be, but um, yeah, figure out what it is that's doing it and then come up with a, a solution on how to redirect yourself 
I think that's what I would say. Okay, I'm done. That's my tips. I've got a lot of other ones, but um, don't have time to share them all. Um, yeah, <laughs> y'all can email me and I'll send you a list or something. Okay, I'm tagging Myla or um, Kathy, either one of you that wants to go next. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead. Um, let's see. Um, well, you know, kind of off your idea, Jen, that um, you, know, you, you are right that a lot of us, you know, we, we do ruminate. I just have this um, theory, at least, that um, we actually ruminate. I mean, it ends up being bad, but we're actually ruminating a lot about the good. Mm. So um, these things that we see will, tr will trigger, you know, we'll, we'll hear a song. It reminds us of, of this good time, right, the, the good things that we had with the narcissist. Mm -hmm. we, we really don't sit a lot of times and, and focus on, on the bad. I mean, the things that they really did to us that are just, <laughs> that we sort of, sort of need to be remembering. Um, those, we sort of forget. I, I don't know about you guys, but when I was in the real heat of, of the whole narcissistic abuse cycle um, and the devaluation, I would, um, I would, time would sort of compress for me too. And it would be like three or four weeks would be like, you know, three or four days sometimes. Mm -hmm. And when we lose our, our kind of anchor in time, we, we lose a way to remember um, because that's one of the foundational pillars of memory. And um, also, you know, how we're gaslit during all of this. Um, that's another thing that kind of erodes our ability to kind of, to really remember. So not only do we kind of only think of the good, but we also sort of just naturally forget what, your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Need that 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 wall up so that you number one don't go back to them don't let them hoover you uh, number two you know you can leave if you haven't and if you have left you can you know understand that that was a good decision so um, you know one of the things that I did I know when I was um, when I was coming out of it you know I I wrote down all the bad things not all of them I could never write down all of them yeah. but I wrote down a lot of them and um, I, I wrote them down in, in as much detail as I could remember and I just sat there for about three days and wrote all of the detailed things because I, I really did figure out that I forgot them and after I'd gotten the, you know all of these things written down I actually went into my backyard and I, I burned all the pages <laughs> and, um, I really found out the power of, of ritual and symbolism at that point that you know we can take something that has that's in our head and something that's been weighed weighing down weighing down and we can symbolically transfer that to anything a piece of paper um, or something else and so I thought you know a great great idea and I'm, I'm actually going to do this this is actually truly my first holiday alone um, oh. even though I mean, actually ever, <laughs> but you know, for four years before um, he actually left, I was with him technically, but I was alone. I was more alone than I am now 
It was it was way lonelier. And um, but this is my first holiday to truly be alone, alone. And what I'm going to do, and I, I'd encourage all of you to do this as well, is um, make a list, two lists actually, one for Christmas and one for Thanksgiving. And anybody, any one of you who have been with a narcissist, <laughs> even one holiday season, though that there have always been disappointments, catastrophes, things that, you know, went wrong. They didn't show up or they ghosted you or right before your family um, was, was ready to have, you were ready to go to your families for Christmas dinner. They started a fight. Um, all these different ways that they would create this chaos, right? And um, I, my, my narcissist, would that, that was just a holiday tradition. I mean, and despite that, I, I always thought it was going to turn out great. And I would, you know, go spend hours making Christmas dinner, making turkeys, making this and that, you know, only to have some sort of drama arise spontaneously, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, it took me a while. And it took me Cora to understand this was a pattern with narcissists. And uh, so what, what I would do, what I would have you do is, is make up two lists, five, five things on each. You can put as many as you want or as few as you want, but I'd suggest five for Christmas, five for Thanksgiving, five things that your narcissist has done during one of those holidays that, you know, just really crushed your holiday spirit. Um, they seem to have kind of a spirited way of doing that. Right. And uh, once you get those down, um, you know, you can, Take that and you can take it and take it into, uh, tear it into little pieces because Jen's right. Like the things that you touch, that those tactile things are really, they're important. And so you kind of take those and just feel yourself taking those things that they did, those ideas that they gave you, the ways that they made you feel, especially just tear those up into pieces. And, um, you know, you can, um, what I would do is um, this year is I'm going to throw mine out the window onto the wind because wind has a kind of power. Um, it's very element. It's elemental for one thing. And um, I actually have a little thing that I'm going to say um, that I kind of made up. So I'm, I'm probably, you know, the next, um, I'm probably going to write the next Harry Potter after this, just so you guys know. <laughs> right. Yeah. JK here. Um, you know, so what I'm going to say is I know the truth is written here. I surrender it to the wind to be borne away. Mm-hmm. Too many holidays have been filled with pain and chaos. With this symbolic act, I fill my house with calm and my heart with peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not lonely because I am not alone. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say that two, three or four times as I, as I surrender these things, you know, to this elemental force. Um, and it has a kind of transformational power. Words themselves have a transformational power. Um, as an English major, I certainly know that. And But it's the power and the symbolism that lie in words. It is the symbolism of, of the. These are abstract things that we name. Naming a thing is very important. And um, when we name it and we can put it down on a, on a piece of paper or anything else, and then we can let it go, let it be born on the wind. You can burn it if you'd like. Burn it all a Yule log. That'd be great, too. <laughs> I love burning things. <laughs> yes. right. I actually had a burning ceremony <laughs> some years ago, and it was very liberating, and it was a great evening because mm-hmm. I had a fire pit in my backyard, mm-hmm. and I did the little pieces of paper there, yeah. thing. I invited mm-hmm. a couple of people over from the support group, and um, 
we had spiced eggnog and oh, wow. bonfire and and burned <laughs> some things and they brought things to burn also that's it was just great that's awesome yeah yes. that's awesome and, you know fire is an elemental thing water is another one you can uh, you can always go you know release it into a lake or, or a stream or a river these things bind us to the earth and like Jen said they ground us mm -hmm. um, I think that's critical at this time of year or any time of year but the holidays because of the symbolism you know holidays are nothing more really than what we believe them to be and they are a symbol of what home family um, togetherness community hearth fire and we, we can take another kind of symbolism and we can we can help those that symbolism take those things away and, and create a new kind of tradition and also I think it's important to tell ourselves you know in many different ways but I you can put this in, in the chant if you will as well that I am enough I am enough um, in so many ways, the message has gotten to us from our narcissist, as well as sometimes from the world, that we are not enough. We're not enough by ourselves. We're not enough alone. And we are enough. That doesn't mean that we don't see community desire that, want it, and deserve it. We do. But it's important to always know that I am enough. And I think that's important to say to ourselves as well. So that's my holiday tip. Get out some good old symbolic ritualistic you know, <laughs> transfer, some projection there. We'll just trans, we'll project that just like our narcissist did and just get that thing away from us. They were really good at doing that. So I think we can. Yeah. And make it a formal uh, event, you know, with the, uh, with yes, snacks, yeah. right? You gotta have the snacks. Invite me. And, I'll and, and, uh, well, you're gonna be here Thanksgiving, so we need to burn something. <laughs> we'll burn something. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll bring. I'll bring the last shirt I have with my accent. There you go. There you go. I have a giant camping backpack. I don't think I can burn that, but. Um, <laughs> That's well, you can last thing. I don't burn that because, you know, you can burn anything here. So. You can take it to the dump. <laughs> yeah. That's not as fun. Well, I don't know. Dumping and burning is just not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. We need, it has to be on fire. <laughs> okay, the people that are here listening, please know we are not uh, promoting any kind of, um, no, no, you know, no. burning right. of... Um, you know, it needs We're to not. be in a controlled right. space, just <laughs> <laughs> safe, and yeah, all of that. Okay, um, Kathy, what do you have for us? Alrighty, I have an art activity. It's going to be art, and it's also going to be a little bit of stretching. So, uh, art. I love art. I grew up in a very dysfunctional family, and I was the uh, lost child type person insulate uh, go away and be alone and um and i always had an art project going and the reason and what i found out from that was it was just wonderful to just do it it took me somewhere else when you talk about pattern interrupt it just takes you somewhere else so today i thought i would show you something simple with watercolor um, um, can i interrupt for a second abby just joined us and I was going to tell her who you are <laughs> so she'll know what's going on. Okay. Um, Hi, Abby. I am a licensed um, marriage and family therapist. I've been doing this for, uh, hi. I've been doing this for over 25 years, all different ages. I've done alcohol and drug counseling. I've done, I love working with people with post-traumatic stress. 
uh, because I've had my own issues and I do art and it has been so helpful to me. I always have brought it into therapy because it's an avenue to explore. It's an avenue to express and it, and then the yoga, which I added somewhere along the line because I knew, Hey, we, the issues are in our tissues. We stuff them whether we oh, want to or not. Oh, I like that. And um, the, it, the, the yoga helps you to get it out mm -hmm. of your body. So I, for the last five years, I've combined yoga, therapy, art, writing, uh, to release, to explore and to release. So this is going to be very quick because I have a client at noon. But anyway, so I am using today. What I'm using is I'm using uh, watercolors. You can get these at like a dollar store. They're very cheap. You don't need to have expensive anything. You don't need to have. You don't. You can use. You can use your fingers. It's a little bit messy, but you can. Um, and then I'm using. Um, this is a little spray bottle, and this one just has water in it. Uh, so, and I've got some watercolor paper. And so first of all, I'm just going to show you something about watercolors, period. So watercolors, I love them because they move and they flow, and you can just put down a color. And, and just using a brush, I'm going to put some color down. So what I'm going to do here is I'm actually going to just pour. I'm just pouring water across here because right now I'm not very picky. And um, you've got to get some water with your watercolor. That's what makes it work. And I'm going to take the little spray bottle, and I'm actually going to spray the paper. And now I'm going to use, use a bigger brush. Uh, and I'm dipping it into the watercolors. And now I am just going to paint across. I'm just painting. I'm just, I'm going to put a bunch of color down. You can't see me putting it down. I'll show you in just a minute. All right. So now I've got a bunch of paper color on this, and I can do a variety of things with this. I can hold it up, and it's starting to drip. If I want it to drip a little more, I can spray it, and it's going to drip some more. I can take salt, just regular table, table salt or rock salt, and I can sprinkle it on there. And um, if you do this, you have to leave it lay and let it completely dry, and then you wipe it off, and it has this crystally effect. So um, I'm, I, I don't have time to teach you how to get a message from this, but I am gonna, I'm going to show you something that I did that you can do that works very well um, tagging on the ends of uh, what Jen said and what Myla said. So... Here is something that I did, and um, I don't know if you can tell, but this area right here had rock salt on it, and it's a little bit kind of crystally looking right yeah. in here. They rubbed it off right in here. Okay, so what I did here was I, I went out in the yard, and I found an oak leaf, this, 
I laid it on here and I simply traced it with a, a pen, a felt, felt pen. Then I started doing the watercolor like I showed you before. I just started painting any color I felt like it, any color at all. Then I, then I looked at it. I did the salt thing and I had to lay it flat. Then I brought it up again the next day and I thought, okay, well, um, what do I want to do here? Okay, well, it's just like Myla just said. We have a right to our life. We have a right to know that we are amazing. And so I wrote across here, I am amazing. Whether you believe it or not, <laughs> I am amazing. I'm calling this into me. I am calling this to my body. I am amazing. I wrote that. And then on the leaf. So the leaf has, uh, you know, it's got that central stem and a whole bunch of little veins on it. So what I did was on this side, so here's a deal that I do with the medicine painting, which is layers of art, which I do with people um, when I'm working with someone with post-traumatic stress. Um, first of all, we start with safety, relaxation, how do you stop a panic attack, you know, your support and all that stuff. Um, and believe me, you need to plan for the holidays. You don't wait till they're here. You line your people up. You plan for your activities. You, you get your supplies and you get ready for it because you are going into a battle zone and you don't have to, um, you don't have to be there without your weapons, your weapons of your warfare. That's um, awesome. So anyway, so one of the things that I love to do is, I'm going to take some of the ingredients. I'm calling them ingredients. These are some of my experiences. This would be like the list of things that you just got crapped all over you with. And you put them over here on this side. And it's like, okay, I'm going to take that shit and I am going to alchemize it. I'm not just going to burn it up and go away. I'm literally going to use it as an ingredient and what I drew down here was a fire because I'm going to drop this leaf, this leaf in the fire and I am going to literally burn it and alchemize these ingredients. And it's going to literally change into something else. So here's what I'm calling into it. i got to get my glasses so I can. If I can read what I wrote, we'll be doing good. Ah, frozen, warm. I'm turning this cold into warm. Nice. Old to new. Uh, what is this? Sorrow to flow. Sorrow tends to be so heavy and hard and it just sucks you down. But flow is movement. And we're moving towards believing that there's something amazing about us and life. Um, what else did I write here? Oh, isolation to community. Empty to feel. And then I decided I found these stickers that I got in the mail and I stuck some hearts on there. And then I, and then what I did was I took the watercolor. First I sprayed in all directions. I mean, I want this all around me. Every direction. I'm going to call this in. So I just painted across there. Like I showed you with this stuff. And then I sprayed it. So it would drip, literally drip in every direction. Wash it away, drip it, get it into me, change it, alchemize. 
alchemize. And then what I did was when I finished that, I said, what do I feel physically? What do I physically feel? Well, I'm going to stand up for a minute here because i got to show you something. So physically, I felt all across here, all across here, all up and down the front of me, I felt this heaviness. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to do this release. So I inhaled. I'm going to turn sideways so you can see. I'm not trying to lean way back. You want to take care of your spine. I'm lifting my chest. I'm lifting my chin. I'm not trying to push my head way back. I'm just lifting it. I'm sort of bend a little bit, and my arms are out, and I'm kind of an arch, and a big, huge breath, and exhale. I'm going to pull it all in, and I'm going to bend. Okay, now I'm not bending way forward like that. That is a lot of weight on your back, your lower back. That can cause back injuries. So I'm just bending. I'm bending. My shoulders, actually, if you saw the line, my shoulders are in line with my knees. And I'm not way out forward. So I'm just crunching up and folding. This is an exhale. You're squeezing it out. Get it out. Inhale. Up. And it might take uh, two or three of those. And then... You can just stand there, shake your arms out, shake your legs, pick them up, and um, and just notice how you feel. You could sit down and relax. You could sit down and cry. You could do whatever you want. But um, working with um, my clients who have post-traumatic stress, um, it it helps to move it out of their body. It totally does. And the stretching while you're inhaling is almost like a release of anxiety. Uh, and because, because I'm a yoga therapist and I'm familiar with the body, so when I'm working with someone, I start at a certain place and we'll do work on that area. And so I'll figure out ways for them to stretch that area. Wherever you feel it in your body, if you have a um, safe way to stretch that area, that's the area you want to stretch. But do be mindful of your um, spine and if you have, you know, knee injuries or anything else. Awesome. So that, um, and then the other thing I was going to say is um, sometimes people like to do this stuff in a journal. So this is just a journal I found. And I, I tore paper all up and put stickers on it and glued it all on there. And you can use a journal for this work and then maybe burn it when you're all done or whenever you feel like it or tear pages out or whatever you want. Uh, this is another little journal that I've done. I like to do this because I like to go into the wilderness. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a professional artist, <laughs> but I don't care. <laughs> And that's growth. But um, so what I did was I would draw different things, different places where I went. I hike on the weekend, so I take this thing in a backpack and I just sketch it out. I might take a picture of it, and then when I get home, I'll just a little bit of watercolor on it. But the other thing I do that's so awesome about this is on the back side of it, 
I write what it felt like to be there. Mm, and it's, nice. um, you know, when we are going through all of this, we don't want to remember. We do not want to remember. We don't want to pay attention to this. And, and this stuff is a way, it's another way of grounding you. It's a way, it's a safe way. You get to choose. I'm going to choose the color. I'm going to choose what I want to do with it. I'm going to choose if I like it or I don't like it. I get to choose. And anything I choose is okay. Right. And um, so when you write, what did I feel like? You know, a lot of times we don't even know what we feel like. I don't know if I'm hungry, sad, mad, glad, tired. I don't know. <laughs> so it's a way to help you to begin to recognize. And then the last thing I want to say is um, compassion to yourself. And that is literally take your hand and set it on your chest. And just imagine that you are sending compassion to yourself. And literally breathe it in. And relax your shoulders. Relax all the way down your arms. Relax your belly and your jaw. So that's my idea. That is awesome. Thank you, Kathy. You're welcome. I love that's it. I love it. Uh, I, I know that uh, you're going to have to go. Can you, can you, can you drop into, can you put into the <laughs> chat how to contact you in case any of uh, yes, the people here would like to Yes, another thing I'm doing on a growing scale is I'm doing, building my own website. So that's another learning thing, but um, and it's not quite done, but it will be done at the latest a month, but probably in a couple of weeks. And it's called the healing place dot support. Can you type that in the chat before you go? And I'm going to put my email address where if all else fails, you can email me and I will send you the contact information to the other uh, people here if you want to uh, work with them. Um, that's my email address. And then the one that she's going to have, uh, you're, you're putting that in there too in the chat. Yep. Mine's in. I have to go. I'm so okay. sorry. Thank you so much, Kathy. So wonderful being with all of you. Thank you, thank you. Much Bye, Kathy. You. Bye, bye. Sending you love and compassion. <laughs> we will, and we'll, we'll stretch and relax. Okay, folks, that's it for today's broadcast. Um, essentially, I offered three different strategies to grab hold of anxiety or uh, ruminating intrusive thoughts during this holiday season. Um, I gave my top three. Then Myla uh, summarized her ritual approach to um, remembering them not in a romanticized way, but remembering them for all of the harm and horribleness. And then um, setting it to the wind, to the water, or my favorite, Fire, fire. I love to burn things. And uh, and then Kathy, our licensed um, therapist who does somatic trauma work and yoga and art therapy, uh, she shared uh, a technique to use watercolor 
and stretches and breathing to um, uh, to facilitate recovery from PTSD and other symptoms that that uh, are left behind. They're like the residual benefits that happen after relationships with these disordered folks. So um, I'm putting information to contact us in the uh, description place here on this podcast should you want to contact any of us. Uh, also know that we'll have another live webinar with question and answer opportunities coming up on um, 1st of February in time for Valentine's Day because you know that's also a tough time of year. Uh, In the meantime, if you want to reach out, I'm here for you. Uh, Just send me something on my email and I will connect with you to try to um, help you out. Uh, I think that one of the overarching ideas here is in preparation for the triggers and the um, whatever may happen during the holidays that we want to be prepared for so that we can dodge that bullet, so to speak. Um, You know, in addition to that, I think that we have just an overall quest for wellness and gratitude and for all those types of uh, routinized things that we build into our schedules on a daily basis to help us have Um, a better quality of life, even through recovery, whether it's boundaries or, or gratitude lists or mantras or actual physical kinesthetic um, tactile things that we may employ, whatever it is, we need to build that arsenal and have it handy so that we're ready to tackle anything and come out of this on the other side, healed, whole and happy. And uh, yeah, So all the best to you. We'll talk again soon. Bye.